Done with frizz? Say goodbye to that poof. Repel humidity and tame those flyaways. One drop, frizz stops with John Frieda Frizzy Serum. Your hair talks and frizz never interrupts. John Frieda Frizzy Serum. One drop, frizz stops. Only from John Frieda. Want to make your blonde blonde? Sheer Blonde Go Blonder Collection by John Frieda lightens and brightens hair to full shades to give you your best blonde every day. Your hair talks. Make a statement with Sheer Blonde Go Blonder Collection. Only from John Frieda. You are Locked On Raptors, your daily Toronto Raptors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and welcome to episode 29 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, November 21st. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com and TSN Radio in Toronto. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean, and you can find the show on Twitter where we tweet out links to every show. And also on weekends, I'll tweet out uh, things about the games that are happening that I haven't covered on the podcast. Uh, you can follow that account at Lockdown Raptors. Lockdown Raptors is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. You can find team-specific shows for all 30 NBA teams, as well as Lockdown Fantasy with Josh Lloyd and Lockdown NBA with David Locke, all in one place on the Lockdown NBA Podcast channel on iTunes. Uh, it's where you need to be going if you have a thirst for the NBA and you want to hear about all 30 teams or you know some of the teams. There's bite-sized episodes about every single team every single day. Uh, an endless stream of content for you to consume if you're into the NBA. Uh, so definitely check it out. Uh, you can also subscribe to our show on iTunes and Stitcher as well. Um, just search for our, our page, Locked On Raptors, and you can subscribe separately if you don't want to. Uh, if you want to have it separate from the Locked On uh, NBA podcast channel, uh, just to keep things a little easier to find. If you want to support the show, the easiest possible way to do that is to leave us a rating or a review. Um, would really appreciate the feedback. It helps to boost us up the rankings, helps people discover the show. Uh, and it's, it's a really easy way to, to support it if you like the show and you want to see it grow. Uh, so would really appreciate that. On today's show, we have a, uh, a disaster to talk about. Uh, so the Raptors lost in Sacramento last night, 102.99. I tweeted out my pick before the game. Uh, the Raptors were favored by four. I said the Raptors would cover. That did not happen. I'm now 6-6-1 six, six, and one with my picks against the spread this season. We're having uh, a rough week here. Uh, flipping back and forth between optimism and pessimism and not being rewarded for it so far. Uh, so the Raptors are now 8-5. and five. The game against the Kings last night, I mean, it was kind of barred by what happened at the end. And we can start with that because the rest of it doesn't really – it all sort of plays into this. And we can get into sort of the top performers and things like that. But uh, the, the story coming out of that game is how it ended. The Raptors went into the final possession with 2.4 seconds left, down three. Uh, and what happened, if you didn't see the game, I'm sure you've seen it by now, uh, on the inbounds, Terrence Ross picked up the ball about 35 feet away from the basket, took a couple dribbles, uh, threw up a three at the buzzer from the elbow and it went in and it was amazing. And everyone was super excited. Me being a Terrence Ross stand that I am, I was, uh, I was thrilled to see that happen. And it, you know, they went to review. And so the game was tied, obviously they went to review the Raptors tweeted overtime, Everyone was very excited, um, and the review lasted kind of long, and the longer it went, the more I started to get concerned that something might have been up there, and there was something up, and apparently the the NBA Media Center, the NBA Review Center in Secaucus, ruled that the clock had not started on time when the inbounds pass was made. If you look at it again, uh, DeMarcus Cousins tipped the ball when uh, it was passed in. I think it was Patrick Patterson making the inbound pass. It doesn't really matter who was making the pass, but... Uh, Cousins tipped it. That's where Ross went to collect it, and he took his couple dribbles and got up and took the shot. 
the NBA media or the NBA Review Center said that because the 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 scorekeeper in Sacramento didn't see the time the ball touch off of DeMarcus Cousins, the clock started late. And Ross, you know, got the shot up within the, the parameters that he thought were the ones he was working with. But the NBA decided that, no, uh, the, the clock should have started sooner. And if it had started sooner, then he wouldn't have gotten the shot off in time, which is completely absurd to go about that line of thinking. Terrence Ross, you know, he got the ball. He saw the time that was on the clock and he shot within those parameters. Uh, I don't know. The onus should not be on Terrence Ross in this situation to, you know, understand that what the, the scorekeeper is doing, the timekeeper is doing, and also worry about hitting a shot to tie the game at the buzzer. It doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, the, the explanation didn't make, you know, didn't explain anything from the NBA. Um, you know, it, this is a, a problem with the timekeeper in Sacramento. This is an issue with that. And, you know, there have been some other sort of uh, tweets I've seen where people have timed the amount of time it took to take the shot. And there are some I've seen that say it took less than 2.4 seconds anyway to get the shot up. There were definitely a few, you know, ticks left on the clock before Ross got the shot off. It wasn't right at the buzzer. Um, So, yeah, all of it is sort of converging. And it's been a horrible day today on Raptors Twitter. I mean, obviously, last night, Dwayne Casey was irate. Kyle Lowry refused to comment. Patrick Patterson's probably going to get a fine for what he was tweeting out late, late last night. There was sort of another issue where uh, the Raptors forced a shot clock violation on the possession before the final shot was uh, was sort of inbounded and taken. Um, and there was an issue of whether the clock was at the right amount of time before the uh, before you know when the Raptors were inbounding. Should the Raptors have had three or something seconds on the clock or three point two seconds on the clock? Patrick Patterson tweeted about that. I think there was a reason that explained it. Um, If you go to Dan Hackett, he writes for Raptors HQ with me. He was sort of explaining that uh, on the shot clock violation, uh, you know, the possession before there was a tip ball that sort of took a couple ticks off the clock before Boogie Cousins picked up the ball uh, to start that possession. So that explained the sort of disparity between when that inbounds took place and uh, and when the shot clock was actually lined up with. So I don't think that's an issue. But the fact that the 2.4 seconds was just sort of, um, you know, that it was played with and, you know, that the, the NBA, you know, went by what the mistake of the Sacramento timekeeper was like, this is, a, this, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's, it's totally ridiculous that, you know, the Raptors ended up losing the game on this. Um, you know, at the very least, it should have just been a replay of the, of the inbound. And then with 2.4 seconds, you know, put it up, you know, in that situation, the Raptors probably miss anyway, because there's only so much, you know, luck that would be on a team's side to hit that shot twice in a row. But like at least give the Raptors the chance. They put themselves in the position to at least tie the game uh, by playing really good defense. Although they kind of accidentally got that shot clock violation on the last Sacramento possession uh, because you know they, they tried to foul, didn't really foul. Kyle Lowry couldn't foul because he was at five personal fouls, um, and it was just very awkward and sort of a mess that possession. But it ended up in a shot clock violation that gave the Raptors a chance to tie it. And the, the NBA's ruling made absolutely no sense. Um, and put the onus on Ross to know that there was a malfunction with the time. And he was just operating with what time was on the clock. It, it, it's simple as that. Um, I know there are a couple of people who said, you know, that, you know, I, I didn't really see much people, many people disagreeing with the fact that it was just the Raptors got robbed at the end of this one. And, you know, there is something that came up today where people were sort of talking about referee conspiracies against the Raptors. Stop that. If you're one of those people, that's not a thing. You know, the, the Raptors are, you know, a, a marquee franchise in a league that is trying to, you know, as Justin Rowan from Fear the Sword was tweeting about today, 
Raptors are a big market team in a, a league that's trying to go internationally. There's not an international conspiracy against the Raptors. It's ridiculous to say that. And it just is a bad look if you're someone who's spouting off about that. What happens is refs are bad. Refs are bad always in every sport at all times. That is what happens in sports. Uh, refs are universally bad. They make bad decisions against every team. Yes, they make good decisions against teams as well, and that's how it all evens out. This one was particularly egregious at a particularly high leverage time, and that's why we're talking about it today. But refs are always bad. There are missed calls on every play. In the Denver game on Friday, which we're not really going to talk about today because it's so removed and because this uh, you know, thing at the end of the game last night is too big to sort of look away from, and there's a game to preview tonight. But the game on Friday, you know, the last two-minute report came out, and, you know, both DeMar DeRozan and Wilson Chandler had travels that weren't called, both that led to points in the final minutes of that game. It happens to everybody. So stop being a person who says that, you know, the, the NBA is after the Raptors or anything like that because it's a terrible look and it's just not true. But it's reasonable to be upset about this call for sure in a more realistic and, and rational way. And, you know, I think you're starting to see today that, you know, there's definitely something going on here. The Raptors... According to Michael Grange, it looks like the Raptors are going to file an official protest for this game. I have no idea what that means. It probably means that, like, the – I mean, I don't know really. I have no idea what it means. It, it probably means if they win it that they get an apology or whatever. Uh, I don't really see how the Raptors and Kings can replay the final, you know, 2.4 seconds of a game or if they can play a five-minute overtime. I don't really know how that will work, but – uh, it, at least the Raptors are going to put it in an appeal, see what happens. I believe there is some precedent for it. Uh, in 2007, I believe there was a Heat and Hawks game that ended on a protest, and I think they replayed the overtime or, th- or something like that at a later date. This is tougher because the Raptors and Kings are done playing for the season. They don't come across each other. Maybe if the Raptors are on a West Coast trip another time, they can fit it in. I don't know uh, if that comes to pass, but we don't really know because the NBA came out today and said that, you know, I waited to record this podcast until now. Um, because I wanted to see if the NBA had their last two-minute report come out, see if there was a more you know in-depth explanation of what happened. But the NBA tweeted that uh, there was a technical issue and that last two-minute report is delayed. I wonder what that technical issue was. Um, I just it doesn't make any sense. So I guess we'll see over the next couple of days here what happens. I guess we could talk a little bit about what happened in last night's game to put the Raptors in that situation where they were down three. Uh, It was an ugly game, no doubt. And, you know, it's hard to get too critical of the Raptors right now because, as Josh Lundberg is tweeting out right now, this is the most ridiculous schedule stretch I think I've ever seen for a team. It's crazy. Five games in seven nights. Again, they play tonight on their third back-to-back in nine days or ten days. Um, They, you know, five games in seven games. Five games, seven nights, five different cities. Uh, They played the Cavs on the road, then came back home for the Warriors, uh, who were rested well-rested to play the Warriors in the second game of a back-to-back. Now they have the Clippers tonight, who are also rested on the second night of a back-to-back. Played the Nuggets at altitude in Denver on their third and four nights. Just a horrible stretch of schedule for the Raptors. Nothing you can do about it at all. Um, And it'll eventually sort of even out, and everyone has rough parts in the schedule. It's just, you know, I think the Raptors are kind of getting some flack for playing not so great in the last few days, which I don't think makes a ton of sense. Last night's game was ugly. Um, You know, Kyle Lowry, he was the best player on the floor for the Raptors. He had 25 points, eight rebounds, six assists. Um, you know, he was he was really, really good, but he also had seven turnovers. It was kind of indicative that anything the Raptors did well, they also did something bad to balance it out. Um, you know, they got some really nice performances from the role players. Damari Carroll had 17 points. He had three of his six threes. Um, he had four rebounds, two steals. He looked better than he has for most of the season on defense and just – 
you know, just overall wise, he looked comfortable. Um, I'm not sure if Carroll's going to play tonight against the Clippers. That would, it would sort of go against what the Raptors have done here, where they rested him on the second night of back-to-backs, or at least in one half of back-to-backs. And I thought maybe you keep him for the game against the Clippers because maybe you think you can scrape by the Kings without having Carroll. I guess that wasn't true anyway, but um, interesting to see tonight if Carroll ends up playing. Um, but I guess kind of bearing the lead here, DeMar DeRozan was the worst player, maybe the worst player for the Raptors. Corey Joseph was, you know, right in the running for that too. But DeRozan had his worst game of the season by far. Uh, he had 12 points on three of 15 shooting, got to the line just six times, had nine rebounds, four assists, but just uh, not a great game from DeMar. I didn't think it was a particularly like vintage bad DeMar game. There were, you know, there weren't like the 18 foot fadeaways with defenders draped all over him where he's off balance and there's no chance of his shots going in. You know, he had a few weird floaters and things like that that didn't quite, you know, that just sort of clanged and just didn't look comfortable all night. Uh, it, you know, the, the, the Kings are a bad defensive team. I believe they came into the game as the worst defensive team in the league uh, in terms of efficiency. And they are somehow one of the, the team that has shut down DeMar DeRozan twice. I mean, the first game DeRozan had 26 points, I think on 27 shots. Um, obviously last night, 12 points on 15 shots. Uh, those have been maybe his two worst games of the season, which is kind of crazy to say. <laughs> and two of the Raptors' five losses have come to the Kings, which is also weird and doesn't make any sense. But the Kings somehow seem to have the Raptors' number always. Uh, I believe the Raptors are now 3-21. and 21, Sorry, 3-18. and 18. They've won 3 of 21 games at uh, in Sacramento over the course of their history. So very bizarre. But, uh, yeah, DeRozan had a rough game. And, you know, Corey Joseph, too, was really bad. He just sort of made some bad ill-advised passes uh the shot wasn't off he was only one of five from the field uh just two assists he just didn't look like he had it out there it wasn't good defensively the Raptors, sorry the king's guards uh darren collison and ty lawson were just kind of driving to the basket at will collison had nine assists 15 points um just you know the perimeter defense was reminiscent of like the grievous vasquez lou williams days that's how ugly it was last night against the kings albeit fast but ultimately like not overly talented guards um and Joseph was a big part of that. There was one play that stood out to me in particular that was just kind of indicative of the night. Uh, you know, DeMar DeRozan was kind of in the corner, like trying to fake a post up. I don't know. It was a weird sort of position for him to be calling for the ball. Uh, the Kings were doing a good job of sort of pushing to the outside and denying the ball. And DeRozan, and sorry, Corey Joseph just sort of telegraphed a pass into him after like trying to get it in there for like five seconds, just sort of looking and waiting for an outlet to get it in there. He did, and by the time the pass got to DeRozan, the double was there, turned into a turnover, and that's all she wrote for that. Um, it was just just kind of sloppy plays like that all night. When Lowry was off the floor, the Raptors, or the Kings really couldn't do anything, and that's kind of what happened in the fourth quarter. The Raptors went on an 11-0 run to get a lead in the fourth quarter after being down. And then Lowry got his fifth foul, and things fell off. The, the wheels fell off from there. Uh, Lowry had to sit down for a few minutes. Joseph came back in, and then, yeah, it all kind of went to hell. Um, Patrick Patterson had a, had a nice game, though. He had three of six from three. I tweeted last night. The last night would be the night where he finally hits more threes than he misses. Didn't quite get there, but three of six is something I think Raptors fans will definitely take. Um and, you know, Terrence Ross had a kind of a quiet night until he made that three at the end, which was awesome and so fun until it got taken away. Um, just uh, overall, the defense wasn't great, uh, especially in the first half. It was just really ugly. The Raptors scored a lot in the first half. They took a lead in the, into, the, into the third quarter, but uh, the defense wasn't there. And the defense has kind of been uh, an issue for the Raptors for the last, 
Uh, you know, since I, over this really bad stretch, I think since the Charlotte game 10 days ago, where this really tough stretch started, where that was their first back-to-back that led into the second back-to-back against the, the, the defending you know NBA finalists and then into what's going on in this road trip. You know, the Raptors' defense has really struggled. Maybe it's a function of the schedule. Maybe it's a function of them overachieving early in the season. I mean, they played some really good offenses. That's totally fair. You know, the Hornets are pretty solid. The Knicks, if they are good at one thing, it's scoring. Uh, obviously, the Cavs and the Warriors are do their thing. It, it's just been a weird part of the schedule. I don't think we can glean too much of what the, what's happened in the last 10 days for the Raptors. They're still 8-5. and five. They're still winning games uh, at a decent pace. Um, and, you know, I guess we'll see what happens uh, as we come up to the Clippers game tonight, the, the Rockets are on Wednesday and the Bucks are on Friday. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a rough schedule here for the Raptors. And last night was, you know, they looked tired. They looked like they weren't into it defensively, and they just looked like they were sort of spacey just in terms of what they were doing. Um, you know, just in terms of you know decision making and things like that. Again, Lowry with seven turnovers, the Raptors with fifteen as a whole. Not the best look. Um, I guess I'm kind of burying the top performer, which I normally get to much earlier in the show. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas, I'm going to give him the nod tonight, uh, or for, for last night. Uh, you know, he didn't really factor all that much into the second half. He only had four points, I think, in the second half. But overall, 23 points, 14 rebounds, two assists, a 9 of 18 shooting, 5 of 6 from the line. Um, you could really see the you had two blocks as well. You could really see the, the chemistry with him and Kyle Lowry sort of you know, reappear, I think, for the first five or six games before he got that minor injury with the knee. Uh, you know, Lowry and Valanciunas were really hooking up a lot. It looked, you know, great. And Lowry was assisting a bunch of Valanciunas buckets. And it was a big part of the offense that kind of went away in the last few games as Valanciunas has been working up to speed. But he looked great last night. Um, and it was really encouraging and hopefully something that we'll see going forward. Um, so, yeah, Valanciunas gets it. His defense is still suspect. And, uh, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, actually Cousins had a weird game. He only had 19 points, shot through six threes where he was three of six and then just was just awful from inside the arc. He was four of 18 from inside the arc last night. Uh, very bizarre game for Cousins. I thought he played good defense, though. The Kings in the second half, you know, it wasn't just that they stopped going to Valanciunas. The Kings really sort of amped up their pick and roll defense. They were really aggressive. They were, you know, getting their arms in the way of passing lanes. They were kind of denying the passes to to JV in the pick and roll. Um, they did a really good job. I'm not sure what happened. I'm not sure if Dave Yeager lit a fire under them in halftime or something like that because they gave up a, a ton of points. I think 63 points in the first half. Um, and the Raptors can only imagine, man, Raptors can only manage 36 the rest of the way. Um, and some of that was ill-advised shot taking. Some of that was, you know, just missing open shots. But a lot of it was the Kings just making things really difficult on the Raptors. So credit to them there. Um, so Valanciunas, that's his second top performer nod of the season. That's his first one since the uh, opening game of the season against Detroit. So good to see for JV. He's up to 14.4 points and 10 rebounds a game, which I think people really would have ex- uh, really would have taken as his early production uh, coming into the season. So good stuff for JV. Uh, here's hoping the defense can kind of straighten things out um, because it's been really rough in, in the last few games, and it's only, it's only going to get harder with the Clippers and Rockets on the horizon. So I guess we can see how the Raptors hold up. And let's quickly preview that game against the Clippers tonight. I don't really have a ton to talk about this one because uh, – um, the Clippers are just really, really good, and the Raptors are in really tough tonight. Uh, it's second night of a back-to-back, obviously, coming off that emotionally charged loss where they 
Oh, they should have got to overtime. Just, uh, I mean, maybe it's a blessing that they didn't make it to overtime and that they don't have the the overtime on their legs coming into this one against the Clippers because I'm sure they'll need all they can. Again, not sure what will be the case with Demar Carroll if he's going to play or not. Um, you know, based on how he looked last night, maybe he's ready for a sort of a t- an uptick. Maybe he doesn't play a full, you know, slate of minutes tonight. Maybe he plays, but you know, plays twenty something minutes, and Norman Powell figures in more. Who knows? Maybe that's the way to go to try to ease him back into a full time role. But uh, we'll look forward to seeing what happens with Carroll tonight. I'm mostly just excited to watch the Clippers. Uh, Chris Paul has been fantastic this year. Blake Griffin is, you know, ball handling like a champ. Uh, you know, Don, John Jay Jordan's like really holding up their defense for them. I think they're still among the league leaders in defense, the second best defense in the league right now. Um, they're really holding up that end of the floor and, you know, they're humming along at a ridiculous offensive rate too. They're second in the league, just ahead of the Raptors in that, in that category. Uh, so it should be fun. I'm, I'd imagine it'll be high scoring. The Raptors have been in some shootouts lately, um, which, you know, the Raptors have proven they can hang in these high scoring games. Uh, you know, with the Warriors and Cavs and these high-powered offenses, the Raptors, you know, they're not a sexy offense by any means. They are, you know, they don't generate a ton of assists. Their assist percentage right now is 47.3, which is uh, tied for dead last in the league with Phoenix. But there's more than one way to play offense, and the Raptors have proven that they're sort of guard-centric, you know, you know I guess just drive-and-kick-centric, and they're, you know, they're, they're sort of rudimentary pick-and-roll offenses really effective and it has been for it's been a top 10 offense for the last four seasons now and you know criticize how it looks all you want and criticize you know maybe it's viability in the playoffs when things tighten up but in the regular season the Raptors can score with anybody and you know maybe that's something they have to do tonight against the Clippers uh you know hopefully they can keep their pace down I suppose um because the Raptors are going to be on some tired legs uh so that that'll be that'll be important um it's just, yeah, it'll be a fun game tonight. I like watching the Raptors and Clippers. The Raptors have won four in a row against the Clippers, all by 10 or more points, which is crazy. Um, and I guess they're sort of the kings to, uh, the, to the Raptors as the, or I guess the Raptors are to the Clippers what the, the, the kings are to the Raptors, where it's just, uh, it's really tough to, they just have trouble with them. I don't really know what it is. Um, because like it doesn't, there's not like a particular matchup where it makes sense that the Raptors would destroy. Like you figure, Chris Paul is just like a better version of Kyle Lowry. Um, you know, Jonas Valanciunas, he d- does tend to do well against the sort of athletic, you know, rim, rim running big men like DeAndre Jordan. But the Raptors don't really have an answer for Blake Griffin. I don't know. It's a it's a weird thing that the Raptors are good against the Clippers. Here's hoping that hopes up holds up tonight. I don't think it's going to just because of how. how um, just because of how just how, how tired the Raptors must be, as we come into this game, the Raptors are uh, nine point underdogs against the Clippers. Um, I think that's a little much. Yeah, the Raptors are on the second night of a back to back, and they've lost I think three or four now. But you know, they again they always play the Clippers tough. Maybe the Raptors don't win this game, but I do like them. For my game day pick against the spread, I do like the Raptors to cover that nine points and maybe lose by six or seven. Maybe they win. I, I really don't know, but I think that's a that's a decent shot. And we have some breaking news coming in before I wrap the wrap up the podcast. Uh, just coming in from now, the NBA has released the last two minute reports for last night's game uh, from Josh Lewinberg. League says correct call was made on the final play of Raptors Kings. Still expect the Raps to file an official appeal. Again, just because the right call was made, and it was in brackets, that doesn't mean the Raptors don't have a case in protesting the result. Um, also, from last two-minute report, officials didn't give Cousins possession of off-Lowry free throw until 26.4. 
Uh, some replays have it around 27.3. Subjective thing. Um, that's from Josh Lewenberg. Uh, so yeah, that's a uh, that's sort of a, a weird thing. That I don't think that's the thing should, that people should be focusing on uh, with the with the when that possession actually should have started instead of 2.4 seconds. Should it have been more? That's not the thing to focus on. The thing is to focus on here is that the the league screwed up and that. The, uh, the the timekeeper in Sacramento is to blame here, and there's nothing that Terrence Ross could have done. He had no idea that the, that the clock started late, and that he you know needed to get a shot up quicker for it to count. It doesn't make any sense, um, as I've said many times, and that's pretty much all I can sort of make of this. It it just doesn't make sense that the Raptors lost that game last night on that call. Um, it doesn't make sense that the Raptors were you know down three to the Kings in the final possession of the game. That shouldn't have happened, but uh, it did, and you know the Raptors still got jobbed. So that's all I have for you today for this rambling, angry version of Locked On Raptors. We'll be back again tomorrow. We'll recap the Clippers game. It'll be lots of fun. Uh, I'm sure there'll be nothing controversial to happen tonight with the refs. I'm sure there will be no conversation about um, you know ref conspiracies or anything on Raptors Twitter. Um, actually, I guess tonight we'll see the maybe the two best complaining to the ref teams going against each other, the Clippers and Raptors. So that'll be fun. Um, I I bet there's some sort of bet you can place on that. I'm not going to get into it, but I'm sure there is at some point or on who complains to the most refs or whatever, who who complains the most often. Um, Either way, I'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk about that game. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. As always, you can uh, follow the show at Locked On Raptors. Subscribe to the show on iTunes. Just search Locked On Raptors there. Please leave a review or a rating. Would really appreciate it. We are doing a pretty good job here of, I think, gathering in new listeners. And if you can help to to make that happen even more, would really appreciate it. And that's what the ratings do for us. Um, so once again, thank you so much for listening to Locked On Raptors. We'll be back again tomorrow, and we'll talk to you then. Napa know how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17